Hello, and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, brought to you by Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's program. Verse 15, and truly, if they, look, look at this one. Please take note of this verse. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned. You leave the country that you're in, you leave the chaos, the chaotic world that you live in, and the defeats of sin that have stumbled and defeated you for many years. And you come into this city, but keep looking over the fence and looking at the country you come from, you'll have the opportunity to go right back. That's what he's saying here. Abraham never looked back. I'll read it again. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return. When you leave your life, you don't look back. You might look back and see that, oh, there are some things there yet that I could enjoy. You will have an opportunity to go right back. And if you keep looking sooner or later, you might just go back. Now you're outside that kingdom that God has established, where he is the mechanic I really want you to hear the word mechanic too today. Who is your mechanic? Who is your mechanic? When I pray about the food that I eat, I always say, Lord, God, I thank you for this food. I don't take it for granted. I don't always pray that, but there's one thing I always pray. But most of the time I pray that way. God, I don't take it for granted that you've given me this food. You've supplied my need. But I ask also that I would receive healing and strength from the food. Because I recognize that God is the giver of all good things. All things come from Him that are good. And so I recognize that even food can supply certain healing elements in my life. I don't believe to go way out on a limb with that, but I do recognize it, and I always tell God, this is, I'm thankful for this. We know that He doesn't feed us poison. He gives us good things. All right, let's look at um, Romans chapter 4. I don't think I finished my thought in that. I kind of lost my thought in it. Romans 4.13, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. There's tremendous righteousness in faith. You see, what does make somebody right in the eyes of God is if he has faith in God. You have faith in God? God looks at his righteousness. Abraham looked to God, and he said, God, I know you promised me something, but I have nothing but impossibility around me. I'm 100 years old or close to it. I'm getting into my 90s, and I can never, ever, 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 God, produce a child. But I do recognize that I am in the city, and there's a wall around me, and I recognize that you were the man, or you were the God, that told me this, that I will have a son. So you're the mechanic, you're the founder, the job is yours. And Abraham had a son. All the way in there, all the way in all those years, he thought, he wanted, he tried, he thought, he wanted, he tried. He was looking for a city where the maintenance man was God the founder. He found it. Second Corinthians. <clears throat> Let me also go back before I conclude with that. Remember that it says, because of, because of Abraham believing God for the promise that was given, God said, ah, 
I'll impute righteousness. You know, God said, I accept you. I accept you because you have accepted and put faith in who I am. I accept you now. That's what salvation is. That is salvation. Jesus, I accept you as being my savior. I accept you of who you are and who you said in the Bible that you are. Now I'm saved. God, you see, you might think that, yeah, but I got to do even better. But that's not what God thinks. That's you thinking that. By you making yourself even better does not make yourself better in the eyes of God. There's the difference. You see, God wants to make you better. He really does not want you to make yourself better by your own good works because it doesn't make yourself better. It just puts you deeper into a debt. So by trusting in him and surrendering everything you are and have gives God that total opportunity to come and do whatever he wants to as a mechanic, as a founder of this salvation. 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are, yes, for all the promises of God are in Jesus. Yeah, but are they yes or no? They are yes. Him? is Jesus. They are yes. And in Jesus, they are amen. Unto the, here comes the word, glory of the Father. How? By us. You see the rendering again? This is where God is glorified. God is glorified of the rendering between a human being and the power of his spirit the forgiveness of Jesus' salvation, and God the Father himself. And when they abide in each other, there's a glory that comes from. I'll read the verse again. For all the promises of God are yes in Jesus and amen in Jesus. Unto the glory of God by us. It says, by us. You see, I believe that God needs fallen humanity to redeem them so that he can be glorified. He needs to merge with something. He will not merge with an animal. He will not merge with a structure. He needs to merge with a living soul. But that is... The decision for every soul to make. And that is, I can reject him and say no to him, and he will not come in. Or I can open my heart and receive him and say, you're welcome in my heart by way of salvation and maintaining that faith in him. Then the glory comes. The rendering. Look at that. The mixing together, and it's a bad word, I understand. But being part, abide in him, and he abides in us. What is that? There is a, there is a blending together. God needs us fallen human beings to make himself look big, because that's who he is. He won't do it through a horse. He won't do it through a sheep. He won't do it through a pig. He has to do it with something that has a soul in it. And humans are the only 
ones that have a soul. So he chooses us humans. And the soul is made up of emotion, will, and intellect. He needs the emotion, he needs the will, and he needs the mind, the intellect. And then he comes in and he takes over. He takes possession of that person. And that person is now walled in as a glorious mechanic. Hallelujah. I wish you could say that in your heart. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is my mechanic. And when he sees a problem, he has the tools to fix it. He might not come running. You might have to do the running. But eventually he'll fix it. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This is something I saw when I met Derek Prince. I met Derek Prince and I saw how God works in him. And I looked at Derek Prince, I saw. I saw the mighty power of God in him, saw the glory of God, the rendering between the two. You see, remember one thing, God does not become smaller so he fits in man. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. It's not that type of rendering. No, no, man becomes nothing so that God becomes everything. That's what surrender does. It diminishes you. It brings you down to nothing. But I saw this in Derek, and I said, you know, there's a man that God works through. It's obvious. The power of God is displayed in him. I saw it with my own eyes in things that happen. And this is what this verse says, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience that have inherited the promises. And I saw him inheriting promises. I said, there would be a man to follow. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, whereby, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that ye by these might be partakers of the divine nature. Okay? So where does the divine nature come in? It's based on promises. Can you see that? Whereby are given unto us exceeding really, really big and precious promises. Let's get this right. This is something that I fought for 30-some years in my ministry. For people that sat at times in my presence that absolutely refused to believe in miracles or that God can do things in a supernatural way. The promises of God are all based on that. If the promises... And let me say this. If there is nothing that is super... There, if there is no ability that is superhuman, all right, if there is nothing like that, then we declare there's no God. But we know there is a God. He is greater than us. He can do things that we can't. How many times have you prayed in the last week? Why did you pray for? What did you ask him? What did you say? Normally, and a lot of times, you refer to things that are impossible to you. But you're asking something from Him. Your dependence on Him. Whether it's forgiveness of sins, whether it's asking for victory, it's something that is bigger than you. And they're all based on the promises of God. We see a promise. So we see, ah, there is a promise for that. Well, how do I receive something that is promised? Just like Abraham did. How did Abraham receive it? By faith. 
He believed God against all odds. Just look at that. Everything was impossible in his eyes. There were no medical doctors around in that day that could have even helped him. Perhaps now not either. And if they would have, it wouldn't have been the fulfilling of God's promise because it would have been man touching. This was something that man could not touch. He had to depend on a higher power that can only do something that he saw promised. And you know that when God promises, you know one thing? Let's make it clear. When God gives you a promise, he will not promise it unless you can know that he can do it. I cannot promise you something. If I promise you something and can't fulfill it, it's not a promise. When God promised something, he can fulfill it. But it depends now on do you believe what I said. See, this is how salvation works. It's not automatic. It's not autopilot. The promises of God are put out there for all the saints. They're not automatic. They are not automatic. If they were automatic, hear me, they wouldn't need to be promises. There's no need for promises. Why are they promised? Huh? Because they need to be received by faith. And that's glorifying to God because it takes the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ working in us, out of us, to bring these promises into our life to where they become mature, where they re are received. It's the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. That is the word rendering again. My dependence on him, not my argument with him, my dependence on him. That's, some people say, well, I wonder why I've never seen miracles come out of my life. <laughs> there it is. I, I used to have those arguments, I remember. People would say, well, why doesn't it work for me? <clears throat> I don't believe. You're even... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.